This morning, our sermon text comes from Acts, the very first chapter, and it begins at verse 6. To give you some background as to the context of these words, you need to know that Jesus is appearing once again to the disciples. This is just before Jesus' ascension, and this is a final word, if you will, that he gives to his disciples before that ascension. So verse 6 begins, so they had come together, the disciples, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? So for the disciples, all these uh, Jewish men who were very much concerned with God restoring the kingdom of Israel, that which they had learned all their lives would happen when the Messiah came. And they certainly are at the point where they know and believe that Jesus is the Messiah, Jesus is the Christ. The question is, will you restore the kingdom of Israel? So their focus, their vision, extends no further than that kingdom. Jesus replies, It's not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, kingdom of Israel, in Judea, going to have to get out of the city and go out a little bit, and Samaria, you're going to have to go talk to some people that you don't want to go talk to. You're going to have to go to some places you don't want to go. And Samaria. And to the ends of the earth. God's vision extends well beyond what the disciples had in mind when they asked the question, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Jerusalem, yes, Judea, and Samaria. People that you thought weren't going to get included, weren't going to be part of all this. And to the ends of the earth. Even beyond, even though the Samaritans, we don't particularly like them, and they're kind of a, you know, uh, half Jewish and half Assyrian, half whatever, even though we, we don't really care for them, it's not just them. You're going to go to the ends of the earth. Everywhere the Romans have been, that's where we're going. Everywhere the empire has extended, that's where we're going. To the ends of the earth. So, this morning, I want to ask you some questions. Actually, two questions. This is what you all get for sending me to these preaching conferences. Uh, the preaching conference I went to in Minneapolis, the theme was preaching with imagination. So I'm going to ask you to use your imaginations this morning. To wit, to know. I'm going to ask you to imagine 
that you are going to be called, that you are being called upon to testify, to sit in this chair and be asked some questions about what you know concerning the faith, what you've experienced. So the first question would be, what was your life like before you knew God's presence, before you experienced God? And for some of you, that may be a very difficult question to answer for a variety of reasons, but first and foremost, for many of you, it may be that the difficulty lies in the fact that you can't remember a time in your life where you didn't know that God was present. You grew up in the church. Some of you, I know, grew up in this church. You've been here all your lives. So you may be like my professor of church history. When he was asked that question, what was your life like before you knew God revealed in Jesus Christ? And he said, I don't know. I've been in church all my life. I was baptized when I was seven years old. How much before could there have been? I've always known God. I can't say that I've journeyed, uh, I've taken this journey of faith perfectly. There have been a lot of stumbles, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of twists and turns. But I can't really point to a time in my life where I could say that I didn't know that God was present, that I didn't know that experience. For others of you, you may be able to clearly say there was this progression in my life. There was this time in my life where things changed for me. Yes, I grew up in the church, but I kind of waltzed around the idea of committing myself to the Lord. I danced around that. I didn't want to embrace that fully. I was okay, you know, kind of comfortable, kind of being on the, the perimeter, the periphery, periphery. But then something changed in my life. And maybe it was a significant moment. Maybe you lost a loved one. Maybe you were facing a health crisis. Maybe you were experiencing a divorce. Maybe you had lost a job. Maybe you had an experience, uh, change of circumstances that was dramatic. Maybe you got married. Maybe you had children. Great-grandchildren, grandchildren. Something prompted you to say, now wait a minute. Where does God want me to be? Where do I see God in my life? How's God working in my life? I can remember uh, my own journey falling away from the church, not really being particularly interested in the church when I was in my late, late teens. But I can remember through a series of circumstances, uh, mainly through friends, challenging me to ask myself, you know, what's your relationship with the Lord? And I was dancing around that before I embraced it. 
And I can remember vividly being glad that I had embraced that at several junctures, but I particularly remember on the, the plane ride that I took to Southeast Asia to Vietnam when I was 20 years old. And I can remember right before the plane landed, and you talk about the sound of silence. I mean, 300 people on a plane, and you could have heard, I mean, if it weren't for the jet engines. And even those, strangely enough, uh, didn't seem to be distracting or loud. You could, literally, it was so quiet on that plane. You couldn't hear anything, at least any sounds from the people. Until we got a little closer, the pilot announced we were about 20 minutes out, 25 minutes out. Then you began to hear men sobbing quietly, but you could hear it. And I could remember the presence of the Holy, presence of the Holy Spirit. I could remember that for me personally, but I also remember that feeling really just being permeating the entire plane. Experiencing God in that moment. The question would be, if you were in this chair, you were asked the question, where have you found God? Where do you see God in your life? What was your before like? And how are you looking, how are you experiencing God right now? What stories can you tell? You know, the most powerful parts of the Old and New Testament are the parts where stories are recounted. Remember what God did when we were in Egypt. Remember how he led us into freedom. Remember Christ in his resurrection. Remember what God has has done and in remembering we can trust and embrace what God will do. If you're sitting in the chair, this chair, and ask the question, what do you know? What's your before? What's your after? What are your experiences of God? What would you testify to? What would your witness be? A witness is somebody who tells somebody what they know. To wit is to know. It's not to recite, although certainly our faith is informed by Scripture, But it's not to tell somebody about Scripture. It's to tell somebody about how God has shaped and formed you through the power of His presence, through the power of Scripture. And the person is most likely to ask you that question are people that you already know. And they may not ask at all. They may be in the midst of a crisis and they don't know what to ask. They don't even know what the questions are. They don't know who to ask. They may be looking for a word from somebody. And the best word they can get is from somebody that they know. They can give witness 
that can say, tell them what they know, what you know, and what you've experienced through God in Jesus Christ. If you're sitting in the chair and you're asked the questions, what would your answer be? How would you answer? What's your story? Maybe you're still trying to figure that out. Maybe there are questions and maybe there are things you need to ask. And I hope this is a place where you can ask them. And I hope this is a place where you can experience in asking people who know. People who can answer. This is my experience with God. This is the God that I know through the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ. And for you to be blessed by that conversation. And for you to have the opportunity to bless others in that conversation. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for the way that you have shaped and formed us. For the way you continue to shape and form us. Lord, we pray that we might have the the strength and the opportunity to share with people what we know. What we've experienced. Your grace, your mercy, your forgiveness, your love. How that's changed us. How that's shaped us. God, we thank you. That you're all we're, we, that you recognize that we're all works in progress, and we thank you that you continue to mold us and make us after your will. It's in Christ's name, Amen.